Pastor Crystal, your dear friend, if uh, I haven't got to shake your hand, hello, I'm Adam. I'm so glad to be here. I'm a pastor at Crossroads, and today is the 12-year anniversary from when God called my family quite dramatically out of California to drive to this place we'd never been. It's kind of cool. And uh, they didn't have an in and out here at that time, so that was like, I don't know if that was God, if we should come or not, but they have a lot now, so that makes me very happy. So uh, I just want to welcome you to your living room um, and welcome you to the family. We, we do hope that when you came here tonight, um, whether it's only been a few times or many times that you felt loved by us, and, and our prayer would be that when you leave tonight, you, you feel more loved by Jesus. Um, because he's the reason why we gather is because of our hope and love in Jesus. And so I'm so excited about our series called Mixtape. And each communicator got to pick um, one of their favorite things they get to talk about. And uh, I'm definitely old enough to to have had mixed tapes. And they were not easy to make because you had to wait sometimes for a DJ to announce what the next songs were going to be. Then you'd have your tape ready and you had to get ready to hit record right when the song. And sometimes you get a song, you're like, oh, I love the song. So you hit record and realize it was like the last note of the song. And you're like, I don't know when this is playing again. And it was frustrating. And so it, I don't know, I guess the modern equivalent it would be of just like a slow Wi-Fi download or something, but back then that was that was the problem, is making sure you could hit record right before your favorite song played. So a few bands that would have been on my mixtape back in the day would have been like Bon Jovi, um, Garth Brooks, uh, Bobby Brown, Whitney Houston would have been on there, um, Beastie Boys, uh, Run DMC, and then, uh, then a few bands and artists my parents didn't know about would probably have been on there. So real quick, uh, help from the audience. Uh, who was somebody that would have been on one of your mixtapes or maybe on a, on, on a new playlist you've created? So just raise your hand so I can see you. Tell me an artist or someone that's on it. Yeah, back there. Journey, awesome. Mariah Carey. Van Halen. Oh, wait a minute, which one? Sammy Hagar or? Oh, both. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Leonard Skinner. Yep. Ario Speedwagon, can't fight that feeling anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Clay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to get you to laugh. All right. One more. Uh, yeah. Super Tramp. That is awesome. Uh, loved my mixtapes. Um, so. Today's mixtape message is going to feel a little bit like a pop song. It's going to be a little light, a little sugary, not much substance or meaning to it. No, I'm just kidding. I hope it has all of that to it. But it's going to be a little bit lighter. Um, because what I want to talk about, uh, I guess if, if my message were to be an actual artist and not a genre, it might be Weird Al Yankovic, I think. I don't know. Who did such classics like Like a Surgeon, uh, which is so good, and Just Eat It. So... Um, what I want to talk about is one of my all-time favorite things to experience, and it's one of my all-time favorite things to hear. It's something that makes my eyes water and my stomach hurt. Um, it's something that only humans have a capability of doing. Uh, and whenever we do it, it acts like rain upon our parched hearts. Uh, whenever we experience it, it acts like sun driving out the winter from our souls. And so what I'm talking about is laughter. Hey, laughter. Laughter in all of its forms. In fact, I'm going to say the different forms of laughter. And Clay has agreed to like 
actually audibly act out these different forms of laughter. So the first one was a teehee, ha ha, guffaw, a chuckle, a cackle, a, ca a cackination, a, a giggle, a snort, <laughs> uh, the silent laugh, perfect, the, the crying laugh, <laughs> the belly laugh. <laughs> all right, you don't have to do this next one, but maybe one of my all-time favorite is literally fall on the ground and laugh, which I did do the first time I saw Dumb and Dumber in theaters. Um, this is what I do. Thank you, Clay. Actually, I didn't even prep him for that, but thank you for doing that on a whim. Uh, one of the things I realize I do when I really start to laugh is I just pound a table. I don't know why. I just do this and laugh a lot. So that's one of my favorite laughs. And then honorable mention goes to you literally pee your pants and laugh. We know who you are. Raise your hand if that's you. We have one here. Well, come on. We know there's more. All right. Yeah, there we are. We see them all over. Uh, so those, those, those are all the laughs in all their forms. And here's why I want to talk about laughter. Um, the last two years have been pretty hard all around the world. Uh from a global pandemic to war to inflation to division, and I'm not even talking about people not getting along, I mean math division, it's horrible. They still make kids do it in school. We've had literal division, people just arguing, backbiting, fighting, and blaming. Uh, we've just experienced so much uh, strained relationships and family, uh, people that see things differently than we do. Life's just been pretty hard. And, in 2020 2021 my heart got a little bit harder and not in a good way uh, there were things there were thoughts that i had swirling around in my head about certain things that were going on and 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 these thoughts led to some unwanted feelings like anger and resentment and judgment and the results of all that kind of led to some like strained relationships and to some sleepless nights that it has just been hard for my family, hard for me personally, and hard for many people around the world. And, and what I've uh, observed personally and experienced is that when our relationships get hard, when our finances get hard, when things in our world get hard, when our circumstances or, or health get hard, our hearts can potentially become hard. They can just kind of harden up a bit. And that softness that we, we want through the love of God and His Spirit can begin to uh, uh, get just a little bit harder. And so what I'm beginning to realize, and I hope what will become a little bit more realized in all of our lives is that the harder life becomes, the more important laughter becomes to our well-being, to our mental health. That as things get harder, we need to laugh a little bit more. So laughter is like this prescribed medication without all that long list of negative side effects at the bottom, right? Like no diarrhea, right? Maybe we had some pee your pants, but that's the only negative side effect. The rest is just super positive. And so it kind of acts like that. And I was thinking about that. I was like, you know, even though that's true, not all laughter uh, is good for the soul. Like a good laugh is good for the soul, but laughing at the wrong place at the wrong time or the wrong people is not good for the soul and is not good for someone else's soul. So I've had an interesting relationship with laughter in this way. Maybe you can relate because I still, I was telling uh, some 
friends at the table that I still feel like I have a middle school boy living inside of me that just can't grow up. Uh, and so uh, here's my relationship with laughter. Laughter has brought me a tremendous amount of joy and has gotten me into a lot of trouble. Uh, does anybody else have a similar relationship with laughter in your life? Okay. Um, did anybody else have that friend growing up that if you ever did something that was going to get you in trouble, they were always right next to you? Uh, I had that friend. His name uh, is Phil, and God has seen fit to send me to Utah and have it Nevada between us in our relationship because he's in California. So there's a good, safe distance now, uh, but it didn't used to be that way. So Phil and me, um, uh, you could not trust me and Phil in almost any type of setting together. So youth group setting, young adult group setting, just a regular old group setting, church setting, weddings, funerals. If there was any a context in which there was to be like some sort of modicum of civility, um, don't invite Adam and Phil to it because that's not what we would participate in. And one just kind of example of this is we were both in the, the wedding of uh, a, a mutual friends, David and Amy Horn. So we were both groomsmen in the wedding. The bride at the wedding rehearsal, this was literally part of our wedding rehearsal practice for the big day. She looked at me and Phil, pulled just us aside and said, you guys are not to make eye contact for the entirety of the wedding ceremony. And she was not kidding. We were not to look at one another because she knew if we made eye contact, it was probably going to lead to laughter for no reason. And so she literally staggered the wedding party. So it was boy, girl, boy, girl on this side and boy, girl, boy, girl on that side. So she could have Phil on this far end and me on the far other end of the stage. And it was basically like 20 minutes of me and Phil doing a slow like, until we made eye contact. <laughs> and of course we started laughing during the ceremony, the very thing she asked us not to do. So um, I've had an interesting relationship with, with uh, weddings. My first best man, um, uh, Toast, unbeknownst to me was a roast and I didn't realize it. It had happened because Phil was sitting next to me laughing so hard, I thought everyone was enjoying it. Turns out it was just him. No one else was, true story. My wife is sitting at a table with a complete strange man who pounds his fist on the table and says, somebody needs to shut this guy up. And that guy was me. Did my wife confess to knowing me or being married to me in that moment? She did not. She pretended like she'd never met me in her entire life and left me there by myself and I deserved it. And then later she's like, remember Adam, when I asked if I could see your notes for your message and you said, no, it's too funny. You got to hear it when everybody else hears it. She's like, yeah, that was a mistake. I was like, that was a mistake. So everybody, you give a speech, give notes to somebody, let them review it before you go live, especially if you're Adam or Phil. So here's here in all seriousness has been my relationship with laughter. Laughter has been a great source of healing for me, and my laughter has also been a, a source of hurt in others. And I've had a lot of time to reflect, and God has probably in any area of my life has refined me more than maybe any other than my area of sense of humor, how he's kept working on me and working on me and working on me. And he's done it not just for my sake, but I think he's done it for other people's sake that have to live with me or live near me or be around me at any time. And so I believe love and laughter come from our creator. Uh, for some reason, when God was making the heavens and the earth and he was making animals to be in the air and on the sea and on the ground, 
In his infinite wisdom, he reserved the right to laugh to his creation alone, to his humans, to those made in his image, male and female, female, man and woman, that in his infinite wisdom, he said, who am I going to give this to? And he gave it to man and woman. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever asked yourself, why, why that? Why, would, why is that a thing? Why would God um, do that? What role should laughter play in our lives? Because it's given to us divinely from our divine creator. It's a gift, and it is a precious, 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 precious gift. And I was getting ready for this message, like, should I give this message about laughter? I've never heard a message on laughter. Not a ton of laughs in the Bible. You know, I don't know, so should we talk about this? I thought, no, this is important. This is important. So, laughter does lots of things, but laughter at least does two things. Laughter reveals, and it heals. Laughter reveals things and it heals things. I want to talk about how laughter does those two things. So very few things reveal the character of a person than what that person chooses to find funny, what they choose to laugh at. What we choose to laugh at says a lot about us, okay? So it reveals a lot. So laughter can reveal our worry or our discomfort, and that's where we get nervous laughter from, okay? Laughter can reveal someone we don't like, and that shows itself out whenever we find ourselves laugh, laughing at someone as opposed to laughing with someone, that there's a big difference. Laughter can reveal something or someone we don't take seriously, and that's where we get mocking or sarcastic laughing from. And here's an interesting thing to know about laughter. Lastly, laughter can reveal our level of faith and our confidence in God. So I want to explain this from a story in the Bible. Some of you maybe maybe heard about a guy named Abraham, which Abraham's a big deal in the Mormon faith, Christian faith, Muslim faith, Jewish faith. He's a big deal. We're going to talk about him. Abraham Abraham had a wife named Sarah, and they were really really old. And God sent some messengers to them when they were really old and were not able to have children. Okay, so here's a conversation I want to share with you that these messengers of God had with Abraham. It says then God added regarding Sarah your wife and he, her, her name was Sarai he changed his name her name is no longer that but Sarah which means princess that's pretty cool that he na- that that's her name I will bless her and give you a son from her yes I will bless her richly and here's the cool good news for them and I will make her the mother of many nations she just wanted to be the mother of one kid and, and these messengers are telling you, no, no, you're going to be the mother of a kid, and then there's more kids and grandkids and great kids. It's going to go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Many kings shall come from you. Now, this is what they've been waiting for. Can you imagine being Sarah? You're not able to have a kid, and you're watching all your friends have their first one. And then you're watching them have their second kid, and then their third kid, and their fourth kid. You're not even on to your first one yet. Can you imagine the level of pain, the level of shame, the level of just why? what is going on? Does God love us? Does God care about us? What's wrong with me? Is it my husband? Are they blaming one another? Can you imagine the, how when you have long-term disappointment settle in your heart or unanswered prayer, what that can do to your faith or confidence in God? So all this is swirling on. So the conversation goes, the messenger's just talking to Abraham. And it says, where is Sarah, your wife? They asked him. He says, Abraham replies, in the tent. So she's in the tent behind the tent. It's closed. She's in there. The Lord said, next year I will give you and Sarah a son. And it says, Sarah was listening 
from the tent door behind him. So she's kind of just leaning in, not really part of the conversation, but wants to hear what's being said, and she can hear. Now, Abraham and Sarah, this is important to the story, were both very, very old, and Sarah was long past the time when she could have a baby. So she's going to have a baby. It's not going to be because uh, it just happened. It's going to be because God intervened. So laughter reveals. So this is what happens next. So Sarah laughed. She hears this. She's behind the tent, and she hears the message say, Sarah's going to have a kid. So she laughs, and the Bible says she laughs silently. I think she didn't want the messengers from God to hear her sarcastic, mocking laughter. So she laughs silently. She's like behind the tent, laughing to herself. She scoffed to herself, and with a husband as old as mine, now she brings him into it too. Like, it's not just I'm old, but a husband like mine. Then God, God speaks to Abraham. Get this, listen to this. He asks him a question, why did Sarah laugh? She can hear all this. So she hears Abraham being asked, why, why, did, why did Sarah just laugh? Can you imagine behind the tent how uncomfortable she is? Because I remember like trying to listen in on my parents when they're talking about punishments or whatever for me and my sister. And you listen and then you get caught listening like how uncomfortable it is. Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? So now he's just quoting everything she was saying silently to herself. And then he asks a better question. Is anything too hard for God? I think that's a question he's asking Adam. Adam, is anything too hard for me? I think he's asking that to everybody. Is anything too hard? In those areas that are really hard on us right now, I think there's, that's still the eternal question. Is this too hard for God? He says, next year, just as I told you, I will certainly see to it that Sarah has a son. And then Sarah's now backtracking because she got caught in her laughter. And here's what she says. I didn't laugh. She lied for she was afraid. So her sarcastic, mocking laughter then turns to nervous laughter, like, huh, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't do that. I didn't hear that. I bet all of us, if we were to seriously sit and reflect, have something that we believe is too hard for God. Or we'll find ourselves there tomorrow going, God, I just don't know. Are you really going to do this? Can you really do this? Do you even want to do this? It just feels too hard. And when it feels too hard, our hearts can become hard. Her laughter revealed her lack of confidence in God. Because laughter reveals things. It can reveal where our faith is at. So we should pay attention to what makes us laugh. You maybe never thought about that before, but you should pay attention. I should pay attention more to what I laugh at, either out loud or silently in my own heart. Many of you know my wife, Christy, and, and she has suffered with a couple autoimmune diseases for the past eight years. It has been really long and hard. There have been many nights where it's just so tough. She wanted to be here tonight. She can't get out of bed. That's just our lives. That's where we're at. It gets really hard. But over these past eight years, there's been so many loving people. Many people in this room have come to me and come to Christy or come to both of us. Like, Can we pray for you about this? Can we pray that God would begin to heal? And do you know what I'm doing? doing silently in my heart going <laughs> yeah as if God's going to do that I've already been prayed for we've already been prayed for it's not going to happen but you smile and you go yeah pray of course and you I pretend like I have faith but I don't because I'm discouraged because I'm disappointed 
because it's been so many years, and I'd imagine Sarah was living out some sort of version of that. It's just been so many years. Oh, yeah, like that's really going to happen. Man, I, that's in me. I have some of that in me. I wonder if some of that is in you, that you have some of that Sarah or Adam laughter in you sometimes when you think about something. But God is so patient and kind, and he did not take Sarah's laughter personally. He did not punish her or, or kind of take back his promise. Here's what it says, Genesis 21. Then God did as he had promised. Because that's what God does. He does as he promised. And Sarah became pregnant and gave Abraham, this is, this is my favorite part of the story, and gave Abraham a baby son in his old age. And at the time, God had said, and Abraham named him Isaac. Do you know what Isaac means? This is just hilarious. Isaac means laughter. They literally named their son based off of the first like guttural response that the mom had when told she was going to be pregnant. Which led me to begin to wonder, can you imagine if she would have had some other response and that would have ended up that poor kid's name? These are the deep theological questions I think about. But the first one was laughter, so God's like, you should name your son laughter. And I think this was God's attempt to turn her mourning into laughter. That every time he, she looks at her son, because there's always the next hard thing for Sarah, and there's always the next hard thing for Adam and for you. Yeah, she got the son, but there's going to be something else. And every time she called her son, laughter, laughter, oh, oh, she was reminded of that day where laughter revealed what was in her heart and her lack of confidence in God. It was just this beautiful reminder in kind of a funny, crazy way that God keeps his promises. I just think that is such a beautiful end to that story. Laughter reveals. It also heals. There are innumerable medical art, uh, articles and studies you could read about the, the power of laughter to heal. Laughter is a divine healing agent given to us by our divine creator. In Jesus' most famous sermon ever, the Sermon on the Mount, he includes laughter in it. He says this in Luke 6, Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. You shall laugh. That there's something about why he gave this to us that is so important to us. There are things that we're all going to go through that are of no laughing matter. Infertility, loss of job, income, loss of uh, a loved one. There are things that are no laughing matter, but during those times, laughing becomes a matter of deep significance and deep importance for us from our creator. Victor Hugo, a French poet, said, laughter is the sun that drives winter from the human face. When things get harder, we need to find some ways to laugh harder. And laughter is not to make light of serious things. It's to help make us lighter while we go through serious things. And I wonder if that wasn't part of the intent of why he gave it to us. Now, laughing with someone or at someone is not the same thing. One is good for the soul and the other one is not. And I think when our love and laughter get mixed together, it acts like a healing agent both for our soul or for someone else's. And this was, this was kind of the main thing in my heart to want to share, that laughter is a serious matter. Laughter is a serious matter. And we should take it more seriously. 
Because laughter is a serious matter to our mental health, our well-being, our survival, and we should just do it more. And because laughter is a serious matter, we shouldn't do it at all if it's at the expense of someone made in the image of God. That there are some things that just aren't funny. That God doesn't approve of our laughter. I've had silly moments in sports where someone on the opposing team gets hurt and I'm like, happy. Maybe your version of that is political. That person on the other side, the red guy or blue guy, got caught in a can scandal and we go, woo, scandal for them. You get happy about it. What is that? That's not good for my soul. <laughs> it's not good for my soul to laugh at someone else's destruction. So because laughter is a serious matter, we should do it more. And because it's a serious matter, we should be careful how we wield it and how we use it. So here's what I'd like us to think about doing before we get into our groups. Pay attention to how often you're laughing. Some of, you, some of us aren't doing it enough. Pay attention. Are you doing it? Do you have moments in your day where you can just laugh? I'm going to get super practical in just a second, but I want you just to even begin maybe paying attention to something you've never actually paid attention to. How often do you laugh? Pay attention to who or what you're laughing at. That's really important. Someone else's health can be affected by our laugh in negative or positive ways. And then here's, a, here's another. Pay to laugh. Do you know you could pay to laugh? I've done it many times. I'm like, Christy, this stand-up comedian's coming into town. Let's go. Let's pay to laugh. You can get a subscription that has your favorite shows on it where you can just sit and laugh. You can pay to laugh. Did you know that even though we tend to think of laughter as something spontaneous that happens because of something that just, woo, out of nowhere, someone said that or someone did that, and that is a big reason why we laugh. Just something out of nowhere strikes us funny. But did you know you can actually schedule laughing? You can actually, like, put it on the, the daily calendar. My wife and I do that. We have shows that we just think are funny. So we sit down and we schedule it. You can schedule laughter. What is it that you find funny? There are people that I find funny. I want to hang out with them. Just not Phil at a wedding, funerals, or other places like that. Okay. So maybe we could take it a little more serious. Maybe we could pay attention to it a little bit more for our soul and for someone else's sake. Because I'm telling you, not only is it great for you to do it, it's great for someone else to hear it. You just hear someone laughing, you're like, ah, oh. <laughs> especially, especially when life gets so hard. So thank you for literally humoring me by letting me talk about my favorite thing, which is pizza and laughter, but I didn't want to do pizza. So we went with laughter. So thank you, friends. I want to pray and then, and then we're going to sit at our tables and we're going to get into our groups and go over our uh, discussion questions together. So God, I thank you that you had her name her kid with a name that means laughter to remind her that you keep your promises even when we don't have enough faith or doubt you never back out on your promises lord keep reminding us lord jesus of how important it is for us to utilize this precious gift you've given us but to use utilize it with wisdom and care and compassion help us not to ignore it altogether or disregard it to our own hurt and help us not to wield it in such a way that it hurts others and when we do because we mess up may we go and apologize and make it right 
And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.